Welcome back to the Cowboy Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Sharp, joined once again by Ag Teacher and FFA Advisor and co-host, Chad Waldron. How you doing today, Justin? Good to be here. Glad to see us back on air doing some podcasting. And today's special guest, the North Lake staff member, Scott McCord. Nice to be here, Justin. Thank you. Yeah. So first, before we get into our interview with Mr. McCord, um, we're going to kind of do a little bit of a summer review. So, Mr. Waldron, how was your summer? I I got to be honest, it was not the uh, greatest summer of my yeah. life, Justin. Yeah, I, I can agree. It wasn't wasn't the dream summer. I, I think it's quite ironic that when this all started of COVID, we debated if this was going to be a, a big deal and and what what kind of event it would be in our lifetimes. And you and I and Mr. Kerr sat here thinking we were going to be back in school in the middle of April. And, well, that didn't pan out the way we thought. Oh, yeah. Originally, it was like, oh, we'll be gone for two weeks, and then we'll be back, and we're going to have to make up some work. But it's not going to be that bad. And then we just got back, and it's not even close to a normal schedule. Yeah, well, then you got that. You have COVID. Oregon is burning, literally, yeah. the cities, yeah. the forests. So it's it's been a pretty rough summer. But I ha- I'm optimistic things will get better, and I'm looking forward to school year and 2021 and uh, Pac-12 football. Yeah, they, yeah, they just made that announcement. So, uh, Mr. McCord, how was your summer? I would have to say I tend to agree with Mr. Waldron and yourself. It was mixed at best. You know, there were a few good things. I was impressed with everybody's attempt to adapt, frankly. Yeah. That, that was the good part about it. You know, the bad part is it happened at all. These fires, they're awful. COVID's bad. So it, it's been a little bit tougher of a summer than most. Yeah, I think there was a lot of stuff there that could have been good. But between COVID lockdown and now fires and smoke and everything that's happened, it just kind of was limited. Yes, yeah, so I would agree. Yeah. So, uh, anybody have any interesting stories they want to tell, or is it just kind of like we said, not a lot of stuff going on? I hit a deer last week. It was the fifth deer <laughs> I hit with my truck. Fifth deer. Fifth deer. The truck's still going. It's getting a little uh, repair. The transmission cooler busted open, wow. and the fender got broken, but not as bad as it could have been. I don't have any good stories because I wasn't wasn't able to do much. I was supposed yeah. to be in Austria visiting Mr. Shawcroft for a month, and that didn't happen. I was supposed to go to Texas, and that didn't happen. I was actually supposed to go to the Caribbean on a cruise, and that didn't happen. Oh, man. So that's, all my good stories are on hold. Yeah. The only good thing I had did this year is I uh, Janet made me buy a paddle board, and so I've done a lot of paddle boarding, and oh, I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I look really good out there with my uh, my – uh, beer, my beer belly and my uh, my pale pasty skin out on a <laughs> out on a paddleboard trying to balance. Yeah, uh, I I think I'm about the same for my summer. I think the most probably prominent thing I did is I road tripped to Nebraska and back in three days with my dad in a semi truck. So that was pretty fun. But other than that, it was just it was not not a lot going on. Uh, so now we are back to school, and I think. I mean, I've only been here for two days now because we're going every other day. But how are you feeling about it, Mr. Waldron and Mr. McCord? You guys are here every day. I am very, very pleased with the way school has started. Uh, I actually thought we'd have a lot more bumps in the road and a lot more issues. Uh, a good example is is uh, we did this this bond. And so this school was completely tore apart a week before the first day students showed back up. So all things considering, I thought we did pretty good. I know there's some frustration with uh, some of the technology and computers, but I was talking about this with Janet. We have 320 computers in this school, and only about a dozen of them were not working on the first day. So I, I'm actually pleased with how well it started and how well we've been able to adapt. 
Yes, I would have to agree, Mr. Waldron. Um, I was here over the summer doing a little bit of help with uh, Gary Addington, the maintenance supervisor, and we watched all the stuff going on, and I, I didn't see two weeks ago how they would possibly be ready. There was oh, still yeah. stuff going on the floors. We were trying to finish up painting. Yeah, so they've risen to the occasion. It's been tough, but I, I think they've done a lot of good and made what looked impossible happen. Yeah, well, I was here. I think we did that podcast the last one 10 or 14 days before school started. And there was still, I mean, the gym was packed full of stuff. The cafeteria was packed full. The lobby was completely stacked almost to the roof full of cabinets and other uh, classroom stuff. And I was like, how are you guys going to move all of this back into classrooms that fast? But you did it. I mean, it, it looks basically normal now, except for the construction at the end. But other than that. Yeah, that the week affair. So the, the week that we were, the teachers came back to school, there wasn't a desk or shelf or book in a classroom. That all happened within the last two weeks. And I was talking to Mr. Fritz, and he actually, the day before he had students, so that, that Friday before school started, he actually didn't have a thing in his classroom and had to move classrooms. So it's been a, it's been a, a pretty amazing thing to see school get started and run as smoothly as it has. Yeah, especially with change schedule and everything else. It's pretty good. But uh, so for the future, we don't really know exactly what's going to happen as we haven't all year, but is there any, you know, plans as to go even more back to normal or are we just kind of stuck this way all year? I, my understanding is, is we will be a hybrid schedule for this entire school year. Now, I think that we might see some, uh, some changes in some of the COVID-19 rules and regulations. I hope we do as things kind of pan out, but no, I don't think it's going to be normal if that's what you're asking, Justin. Yeah. I think my hope would be, I mean, even if the hybrid schedule does stay the same, we might be able to do a little bit more like dances or something like that, or maybe we get to take our masks off a little more often in school. Cause right now that's honestly, I think that's the most annoying part to me is not the distancing or anything. It's just, you have to wear the mask all the time. Yeah. It's not fun. No one likes it. No one wants to do it, but uh, Mr. Haberly made the comment says, this is the, the price we pay to do business. And if we're able to have students and be in school in, with live students, you know, with, with real students, then great, we'll pay the price. Yeah, I think it's worth it, but it is just a little yeah. bit annoying sometimes. Um, but so, like I mentioned, dances, things like FFA events. So we're completely off the schedule for that, right? For F District FFA right now? Yes, all FFA and sports are canceled through 2020 ah. and but I could yeah I know that's not good and that's the ones we like with soils yeah, tractor driving sure. some of the ones that we do well you know I think on our district banners up there in the gym we're gonna have to put an asterisk because we have we've we've placed in district soils for 15 years in a row and now oh, all of a sudden yeah. we're gonna have a miss in 2020 yeah I, I think though that so with with sport with OS uh, OSA, OSA, OSSA, is that what OSA. It is? Yeah, thank you. OSAA. Yes. <laughs> With high school sports coming back in January, I would expect that also FFA events will come back in January. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get some of these spring events. I know that we're looking at tractor driving in, in March and April. Uh, I don't know about some of the other ones, but I hope that we, I hope that we are able to do some of that stuff come 2021. Yeah, well, it would be busy, but I mean, even if we started in January, that would only add about, no, well, okay, sales, tractor driving, and soils, that would only add really three competitions in the spring. And I say only, but I mean, it's quite a bit, but it would, I don't think it'd be that packed if we spread it out more. Well, you're also going to pack in all the sports in the spring. Okay, yeah. You're also packing in prom, graduation, yeah. 
whatever else, right? Yeah. So it's it will be it would busy be every week kind of deal. I yeah. hope I would love to be busy this spring with school activities. Yeah, make up for some lost time. So now, uh, you have anything to add on that, Mr. McCord? No, I think you guys pretty much summed it up. You know, we got to try to our best to stay positive and also realistic about things. Yeah. As you just said, Justin, we thought things might come back around April or May. Here we are seven, eight months later, and we haven't significantly changed. I mean, some of the conditions have got better, and I think they will generally go that way, but I think there'll be fits and starts. Yeah. So now let's let's move into our interview a little bit. So, Mr. McCord, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, talk about a little bit about your upbringing, maybe some of the things you've done before you came here. Okay, well, I was born and raised in Napa Valley, the wine region. Oh, wow. uh, grew up there, graduated from high school there. Um, it was probably like most other mid-sized towns. It's about the same size as Bend. In a lot of ways, it's fairly similar, roughly the same size, kind of a tourist destination location. It's surrounded by metropolitan areas, unlike Bend. Um, I went there. After I finished up graduation, I went into the United States Marine Corps Reserves. Oh, thank and, you for your service. Oh, thank you. I'm, it, honestly, at that age, I just wanted to get out and see yeah. the world. <laughs> and I think the recruiter found me at the right time. Yeah. I did have an older cousin that went in. In fact, he lives in Bend or did live in Bend. And he went in, in the old days in the 70s when you got in a little bit of trouble, the judge told you, you either go in the Marine Corps yeah. or you're going to go to jail for a little while. He chose the right path. It made him a better person, and, and I tried to follow in his footsteps. Um, ended up moving up to no, uh, Nevada, lived at Lake Tahoe for about a year. A little bit too much snow for me up oh, there. I Beautiful bet, yeah. place, too much snow. I think, isn't that where Miss Inglesby grew up for a little bit, I think? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm I pretty think, sure she's told me that. I think, you're me right. That. I think yeah. she said that or was telling us that. Yeah. And in some ways, again, it almost reminds me of the Bend area. You've got forests, you know, the Cascades over there. You can get some really deep snow. There were times I'd get up in the morning. We'd literally have to shovel two feet of snow to get out of the driveway. Holy cow. By the time you got back that day from work after a long day of work and getting up the hill, then you had to shovel snow just to get back in the driveway. <laughs> so I did that for about a year. And then I actually moved down to the Carson City, Reno area, which gets a little bit of snow, but it's kind of similar to out here. Yeah. I lived in that area for five years, moved up to the Virginia City area and um, lived there for about 11 years, and then I moved here. So that's my history of moving. It's a lot of moving. Yeah, I kind of like to see different parts of the world. Yeah. I, don't, um, I don't think I'll do too much more moving. I think I found an area I really like. It's peaceful, it's quiet out yeah. here, and um, I, I think I found my home. How did you end up out here? Did you, have you been here before, or did you just kind of stumble across? Well, interesting, interesting question. Um, I've never been to the Christmas Valley area before I got here. Um, but I do have a history in Bend because my dad's brother, my uncle, and his family, my cousins, they moved to Bend in the late 60s when I was about four or oh, five wow. years old. And so we came up to Bend since I was a little kid. Now, we didn't go there after the late 70s. In fact, 78 was the last year I was there until I moved up here in 2013 and went up there and visited, and it was almost unrecognizable. When oh, I was yeah. there as a kid, Pilot Butte was the edge of town. There was nothing yeah. past it. A few houses, in fact, my uncle lived out on Ward Road, which is on the eastern side. He was the only house out there. I remember him firing his pistol off his front porch. Holy cow. And it's still kind of a rural area, but you couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Deschutes County has been one of the fast, fastest growing counties in the state or even maybe the nation for at least a couple decades now, yeah. hasn't it? It's certainly the fastest in Oregon. Yeah. Deschutes County is, yeah, doubled in size in the last 10 years. Yeah, so I'm sure it definitely was not even the same place really yeah i should say deschutes county population has doubled in size yeah yeah so um you're now you're here and you're working at the school so did you have a background in education before you came here 
You know, most of my background was in the vocational trades. I did go to college um, after I got out of the Marines and had worked a few years in construction, which I'll go over here momentarily. I decided I wasn't going to be a good old guy doing construction. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll do it while it's good. But I went back, got my degree in, um, I actually got two degrees. It was a uh, poli-sci and journalism degree, kind of a double major. As my friends jokingly say, the two most useless degrees in <laughs> college. But um, What were they again? Uh, journalism and political science. Okay, which one's more useless? Uh, political I mean, science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Journalism, there's an actual career there. Political science, a lot of people go if they're going to go into law. Yeah. Um, at one time I thought about that. I just did not have the reading aptitude. A friend of mine that was a great reader, he's doing great as an attorney now, and we were friends through college, and he kept going, and I went back into construction yeah. at that point. Yeah, so how many, have you been in more than one vocational trade then? Yeah, now, I've generally been in the broad field of HVAC, which is heating, ventilating, and air conditioning. Mm -hmm. But within that trade, a lot of HVAC companies do sheet metal, rain yeah. gutters, roof flashings, metal roofs. So I've got fairly extensive uh, experience there, metal roofs. Um, I've done that for 30, over 30 years oh, wow. before I got into, in, went into teaching. Yeah, so, and then... Do you, so you got your teaching license and now you're doing that kind of teaching, right? Yes, I am. I'm going to be working on more. In fact, I'm getting ready to get geared up here to go after my master's degree so I can be oh, wow. a full-time teacher. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to, going to be one of the old guys going yeah. back to school. <laughs> yeah, because last year, so what? I don't remember exactly what, it was ag structures, right? Is that what you started teaching last year a little bit? I, I actually, I have my substitute teaching license okay. and I'm an education assistant here. Um, they've been having me teach the yearbook class. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm kind of in that in between. Okay. So I'm doing some teaching, but it's not my full career yeah. yet. Yeah. What happens, Justin, is I go and find these, these guys to come in and sub for me for shop, like Mark <laughs> Russell, Brad Chastain, Scott. And then as soon then as they, they get into job. school, they hire them full time and I don't have a sub anymore. <laughs> That, that's a hey, I got to tell a story. I was, I was debating whether I was going to tell this story, Justin, but I'm going to do it anyway. So okay. when, when, uh, when Scott first started subbing, this, Tony Anderson was telling me the story that, uh, as many of you know, in the shop, there's no light switch. And oh, so what the, the kids story. did is they told Scott McCord is that we used the clap on <laughs> and they had someone over by the breaker box turning on and off the light and Scott McCord's out there trying to, trying to get the clap just right to get the light to turn on and off and the kids, they laugh. Oh, now, whether that's a true story or not, I don't know. You know. It could be just a student lie, which happens sometimes, but I tell the story all the time. I think it was I a think banquet it is story true. one year. Yeah. It was a banquet story. Is that, tr is that a true story, Scott? They They did uh, initiate me into the rite of passage of getting made fun of with the clap yeah i spent several weeks after that trying to convince myself that never actually happened now i do remember it did happen after all oh yeah yeah they got me i mean they laughed for weeks after that uh -huh. oh, that'd be one laughed. worth trying with every new sub that should yes, be an initiation I now i think that's probably the way it should go yeah. once i get my teaching license completed i will feel like it's my duty to continue that yeah keep it trend. going yes yeah uh, so, so how, I, you might have said it before. I get how many years have you been out here now? I've been out here. I moved out here in October of 2013. Yeah. So I've been out here about for yeah years. about seven years now almost. Yeah. So what did you do before you started working here? Well, I uh, got here and I went over to Lapine, which was the nearest place I could find a heating company, AirTech. And honestly, they've been a great company to work for. I still do work for them, rarely now because I'm yeah. so busy. But they kept me busy for the first couple of years. It was quite a drive going over that pass. Coming up here, having to learn all the roads and maps, and 
you go to a different state and the same trade has a lot of different codes and requirements. The temperatures are different here than where I yeah. learned it. So I had to relearn a lot. And when you try to learn the maps, the roads, the schedules, a different part of the trade, it was a, it was a tough run. I'm yeah. glad I did it. And I, I'm grateful to AirTech, honestly, for, for working with me. And like I said, they still do, but I, I rarely work for them now, but occasionally still do. Yeah. Now that you are in North Lake, um, what do you like about the school and working here? Boy, you know, I, I've really enjoyed working here, and that's the, that is the truth. Um, the kids are great. I'm really impressed with the kids. What I've noticed about this school compared to the places I grew up and went to school at is it seems like to me the kids look out for each other more. You know, there's a usual amount of goofing off. Sometimes, unfortunately, bullying and fighting happens. That happens everywhere. But overall, it seems like to me the kids tend to look out for each other more than in other places I've been. Uh, that's with the students. Now with the staff, great staff. I... Again, I don't have experience working at other schools, but I see a group of men and women here that truly care about doing the job and educating these students. Sometimes in small towns, I think the teachers know the families a little bit more. They know the students. So instead of just being a product, you see a human being there. Or a lot and, of the times the teachers are community members that are kind right. of Right. So people know parents. each other. We're a little bit closer here than in some of the bigger districts. And uh, the result to me is that uh, it's... I, like I said, I have no plans to leave this area. They're going to have to drag me out of here if they get tired yeah. of me. Yeah, so Mr. Waldron put this question on here, and I think it's a great one. You sound like you do really like working here, but if you were king of the school for a day, would you change anything? You know, not too much, just a couple things. Uh, huge pay raise for the staff. <laughs> <laughs> one day a week for the students. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I'd take yeah. that. In reality, obviously, that wouldn't work out. Um, for the most part, I, I can't think of much I would change. Maybe as I'm here longer and learn things, I'll... I'll get some ideas, but I, I truly have been nothing less than impressed what the students and the staff have been able to make happen out here. It, it's been it's, an amazing yeah. experience. Well, I, don't, I, th I mean, I mean, there's some teachers that have came and gone and kind of used the school as maybe a stepping stone to get bigger jobs, but I think the majority of the teachers that have been here, they're stick here for quite a while and they love their job. Yeah, it seems like actually there are a, a few people have come and gone, and I know Mr. Kerr was running the school when I got here yeah. as a superintendent, and he finally left. And as much as I was sad to see Mr. Kerr go, I finally felt like I could be one of those guys that have been around and can talk about the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember when Mr. Kerr back in those days. Yeah. You know, when the new teachers show up, it'll sound like I've been here for a while and actually know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, how many years have you been here now, Mr. Waldron? This is my 26th year. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you've been around the block here a few times. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you have any thoughts on COVID school changes and rules, Mr. McCord? Yeah, now I, I do, and I'm going to be real careful here. They're mixed. I want to avoid it becoming politicized. Not yeah. easy to do. Very not almost, easy to do. Almost saying anything is going to irritate somebody. Yeah. And so I kind of spent a few minutes putting some notes together, and, and these are my thoughts. Uh, they're mixed. Obviously, it's no fun wearing the mask, um, the restrictions. It, it, it's tough. The kids are handling it well, but at the same time, you can tell their instinct are to play, mm -hmm. especially the younger ones. We have to constantly remind them, keep your distance. And it isn't easy, but we try to do our best. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of different opinions about what we should be doing. And I'll just say real quick, uh, I'm not an expert. So what I tend to do is I, I go with what the experts say. Um, the analogy I would draw is with an auto mechanic. If my car breaks down, I'm going to probably try to talk to a mechanic yeah. if it's something I'm not familiar with. Now, it can get tricky because what if I talk to two mechanics and they both tell me different things? Which is a lot of what's been happening. Right. Well, then I go to the next level, which is I look to see... How, what are most of the mechanics saying? So, for example, if my car won't start, maybe I'll give a list of, of symptoms. 
I talk to 10 different mechanics. Seven of them say, uh, your distributor is bad. One of them says, you got a bad battery. Another one says, your voltage regulator is bad. They could all be right. I don't know. I'm probably going to start with what the biggest number of them said. And that's generally what I defer to. I start with, what do the experts say? If there's disagreement among the experts, what do most of them say? Still not guaranteed, but for me, I found that's probably the best way I do it. So I listen to the experts and try my best to follow along. Yeah. And if something new comes along, then we adapt and change accordingly. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's a good analogy. And I think, Justin, we've had this conversation that basically it doesn't really matter what you and I believe or anybody believes. This is what the health department yeah. and Oregon Department of Education tells us we're going to do. And that's simply what we do. Yeah. If we want to be in business, we got to pay this price. Yep. And whether you believe it, like it, you know, we, we're just, we're one of the few schools that have students in session. So mm -hmm. I'm willing to do it if that's what it takes. So. Yeah. That's yeah. Like in my case, I mean, I don't like wearing a mask. I mean, there's a lot of dispute on how much it does, but if I can be in school, then I'll take that trade off. Or that, that's ultimately the way yeah, I look at it. Or if I can go to a restaurant or do anything really. Yeah. Like Mr. Waldron said, we're here to do the job. We're here to do it as best we can. And that's what we try to do. Yeah. And so that's how I look at it. Yep. But all right. Zane, do you have anything is, to add is there? Is that all the politics you're going to bring up, Justin? Because I thought you wanted to talk about the forest burning down. Well, that's global that, that, warming. That's, and all a, that that's a story for we'll, another day. We'll, we'll, we'll do a whole other 30 minutes okay. on that if okay. we want. <laughs> you put that on your other podcast, Sharp Side of the World. Oh, yeah. We yeah, really yeah, get definitely that. could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But alrighty, thank you, Mr. McCord, for being on the podcast. We'll probably have you back again at some point. Uh, thank you, Mr. Waldron, as always, for co-hosting. Uh, you can find us on Podbean and the North Lake FFA Facebook page. Thanks for listening. We'll hopefully talk to you next week and many weeks after that. All right, see you later.